Almighty God, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, did as on this day utter the great parables of watchfulness and faithfulness and the judgment to come, Lord, grant us grace, we beg you. Grant us grace to be ever watchful for his coming and diligent in his work. And as on this day he did enter into controversy with sinful men and endure the contradiction of sinners against himself, grant that we may never try his patience nor provoke his wrath, but may learn of him, the meek and lowly of heart, so that we may be gentle and patient and true, that when he comes to judge the world, we may receive the blessing from his lips. This blessing, come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. We pray through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We then begin with the order of matins. Please stand as you are able. O oh Lord, open my lips. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. 
we remain standing for the psalm. Psalm 54. O God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. O God, hear my prayer. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen against me. Ruthless men seek my life. They do not set God before themselves. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will return the evil to my enemies. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. You may be seated for uh, a hymn we're singing through this week. Uh, we're singing two stanzas a day. Jesus, I will ponder now. We sing stanzas three and four. reading from Jeremiah chapter 11. The Lord made it known to me, and I knew. Then you showed me their deeds. But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not know it was against me. They devised schemes, saying, Let us destroy the tree with its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living. 
that his name be remembered no more. But, O Lord of hosts, who judges righteously, who tests the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you have I committed my cause. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from John, chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, 
it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is a propitiation for our sins. He was delivered of Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is put away. He was delivered unto death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is a propitiation for our sins. He was delivered unto death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this holy Tuesday of Holy Week. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This morning's sermon comes from the reading we heard in Jeremiah. A lot of people want to leave a legacy that follows them after they die. It's especially attached to the last name. Now, as for myself, I have not given much thought to this because uh, my uncle, Gary Golden, he passed last year, 
and he had no children. I myself, I have no sons that carry my bloodline and also carry my last name of Golden. But it's certainly out there. The legacy of the last name. Whatever causes your name to be remembered, as it says in Jeremiah, whatever causes your last name to be remembered, it brings a sense of honor to that person. The Golden Legacy, for example. The Rockefeller Legacy. But what sense is that honor after you die? After you're dead and buried, you're not sensing that honor. Well, one time, a couple years ago, we were visiting the campus of Notre Dame University in South Bend, Indiana. And while walking around outside, I noticed that every single tree, every single park bench, every single statue or monument had a nameplate on it, given by the such-and-such family with a date. Every single one of them said by whom it was given by. The legacy left behind of a family name. But it doesn't last. As Jeremiah says, the tree has been thus destroyed, yet has left behind a little fruit for now. How long shall that fruit last? How long before that monument plaque is torn down and replaced with a new temporary legacy. I thought about this a lot actually this morning on my way here. And I was thinking, where do most people's last names have a standing legacy after they die? Behold, it is the cemetery. Go through any cemetery, and you can read hundreds upon hundreds of last names. So I began to picture my own. Golden. Daniel S. Julia A. Born on date. Death date. My bones shuddered. Picture yours. And there's some big tombstones out there. There's monuments given for the legacy of the last name. But that's how it goes with the deeds of men in this world. Other men, not, not yourself, of course, but other men only care about their legacy. After you are long gone, that monument plaque at Notre Dame or anywhere, after you are long gone, they know you can do nothing about your legacy. As it turns out, when you focus on your own remembrance, when you focus on your own tombstone, and your bones shudder, you are like a gentle lamb led to slaughter. From the epistle of James, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then 
vanishes. The legacy of our surnames, the legacy of last names, is attached to the deeds of men. And we Lutherans, we know that our deeds achieve nothing toward our own righteousness. We know that the last name on our tombstone will hold you down tightly under the sod. We cannot judge righteously. That's our end story. It is the Lord who judges righteously. It is the Lord who is righteous, who tests your heart and your mind. It is the Lord that, who peers into your heart to see how you truly desire to be remembered. Your legacy, my friends, needs to be the one and the same as the Messiah's legacy. It is the deeds of Christ you shall hear about this week that give you your legacy. The deeds of Christ in his glorious death on a cross forgives you and even your desires to be remembered by other men. Since in this world, it's true that you will not be remembered a hundred years from now. I've walked through some old cemeteries and noticed that you can rarely find one that's even readable after 150, 200 years, unless somebody comes around and wants to do deeds. Keep it in your heart that your Lord shall remember you forever. Your Lord Jesus remembered you 2,000 years ago. That's right. Jesus Christ on the cross had you in his heart and in his mind. He was thinking of you when the hour came for the Son of Man to be glorified. His love for you was his very purpose of his Holy Week. And then on Friday, Jesus was lifted up from the earth by the judgment of this world. This world, the world that creates its own legacies. This world that judged Jesus as having zero legacy. And yet, in a miraculous turn of fate, the ruler of this world was cast out. And now, the legacy of Christ draws you near. The legacy found in his word that you hear. To hear his passion. To hear the fantastic news of the gospel. And Jesus draws you to himself. To receive his body and his blood for your forgiveness, life, and salvation. So while you have this light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. For that is a true legacy. And soon, we shall be looking forward to the promise of the resurrection when our tombstones crumble and are tossed aside and it gives way to the Lord who shall raise you up. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This time our service continues with our canticle in the Te Deum. You may remain seated. We praise you, O God. We acknowledge you to be the Lord. All the earth now worships you, the Father. Therefore, pray. 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. 